Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, Apple's surprise announcement and McDonald's moves from Big Macs to big data. But first, the fall of Michael Avenatti. So this is a name I have studiously avoided on this podcast, as he's always looked to be this shameless self-promoter whose top skill seems to be availability when called by cable TV bookers. But now he's legitimately in the news, not as Stormy Daniels' former attorney or as a ludicrous 2020 presidential candidate, but as the defendant in a lawsuit claiming that he tried to extort more than $20 million from Nike. That's right, just a short time ago, Nike was the bane of right-wingers due to its endorsement contract with Colin Kaepernick. Now it's the aggrieved victim of a common enemy. Anyway, the basic allegation here is that Avenatti became the lawyer for a former amateur basketball coach named Gary Franklin Sr., who allegedly had evidence that Nike had paid three of his players who were all still in high school at the time. One of those players was DeAndre Ayton, who was the first pick in last year's NBA draft and currently plays for the Phoenix Suns. Avenatti allegedly first told Nike that he would hold a press conference, revealing the alleged wrongdoing, unless the sneaker giant paid his client $1.5 million. And then, in a remarkable show of chutzpah, Avenatti also demanded that Nike hire him, hire Avenatti to conduct an internal investigation of such payments. At this point, why not also just ask for lifetime supply of Air Jordans and future royalties to fill Knight's book? So for Avenatti, it obviously could mean jail time, and maybe the same for his alleged co-conspirator Mark Garagos, another lawyer known best for his TV appearances. But why it really matters is that this could further expose the ugly underbelly of amateur sports and their intersection with big for-profit business. Nike may have been extorted, but that doesn't necessarily mean that its hands were clean. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Sports Editor Kendall Baker. But first, this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech. From the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Kendall Baker, Axios Sports Editor. So, Kendall, for those who don't know, give a sense of what AAU basketball is, which is what this coach, Gary Franklin Sr., was coaching in. AAU basketball is basically the summer circuit where every big-name future college basketball player plays. It's basically like club soccer, if you're familiar with soccer, any other sport in high school where you're not affiliated with your high school and it's in the summer and it's a huge circuit. These companies, Nike, Adidas, sponsor a lot of camps. There's always been rumors that, you know, certain players, certain teams go to certain camps because they have kind of these under-the-table deals with these apparel brands who also have deals, obviously, with, with colleges. So it's kind of like this pseudo-recruiting circuit that allows players to play throughout the summer. We've been talking Nike, but you just mentioned Adidas. So Nike's not the first company to have allegations like this against them. What, what was the Adidas situation? Yeah, so Adidas, there's been a bribery kind of scandal going on all year, actually longer than that now. And they were basically accused of forgetting his name, and as, I think it's Merle Code. He was actually a former Nike employee that went to Adidas, so this is kind of interesting that this is not coming out, but basically, you know, paying players, paying their families to go to Adidas-affiliated schools. Louisville was, was in the mix there. That was probably the highest profile program, but yeah, basically apparel brands that have deals with schools kind of shuffling players to those schools. Is it actually illegal for the sneaker brands to do it, or is it just in violation of NCAA rules? 
Right. So the interesting thing about this whole story is that, correct, it's actually not illegal to pay somebody to go to a, a school. It, it is just, as you said, a violation of NCAA rules. So it's this weird thing where they're not really breaking any laws, but any you know righteous sports fan looks at this and shakes their head. Although at the same time, this is so kind of assumed for so long now that as big as these stories are, everybody kind of rolls their eyes and, be like, and says, I mean, yeah, we knew this was going on, which is to me why this is so interesting that Avenatti would like kind of take news that I guess the specifics weren't known, but every kind of everybody kind of assumed was happening and risked jail time to like break that. I mean, I, I, when I first saw this, I thought it was going to have like a big fish, potentially like Zion Williamson or something. And this is about DeAndre Ayton, who's already been involved in the Adidas scandal during the NBA, and he's not like a hugely marketable player. So it's just the whole thing's kind of weird. And he's naming Bull Bull this morning. Who, who, am I right in saying that's the yeah. son of Manute Bull, correct? Yes, exactly. Yep. So Avenatti's on Twitter this morning, which people who were arrested the day before don't usually do, but but this is Michael Avenatti. So of course he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's, he's naming Bull Bull, some Nike executives. And I'm asking you to kind of put yourself in the shoes of Nike executives here a little bit, which I know you can't do, but, but do you think, is that kind of the math? In other words, we go to the government with this extortion plot because as you say, Everyone kind of assumes this anyway, and it'll be an embarrassment, but it's not really the end of the world for us. Exactly. I think that's exactly what they're thinking. What's interesting about this is yesterday, really, the story was Nike, but the story became Avenatti. And now, again, going back to what I said with people kind of assuming this was going on anyway, this is already feeling like it's just going to get swept under the rug. And Adidas, again, probably having done potentially less paid less, whatever you want to say, then Nike is probably going to end up being like five years from now, two years from now, like the brand that's more attached to the scandal. And Nike, right now at least, who knows what happens, is kind of getting off unscathed here. There can be NCAA sanctions, obviously, against individual players if it turns out they took money. Would the NCAA ever be so bold as to say to its programs, at least in one sport in college basketball, for example, if it turned out that Nike indeed had done this, and again, that's an allegation, we don't know that for sure yet. But if it turned out, would the NCAA be so bold as to say to particularly these schools that have private apparel contracts with Nike? No, can't do business with them for, you know, X number of years. Because that would actually take a real bite out of Nike's business. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would be the, the route the NCAA wants to go. I mean, how it usually plays out is, you know, that the coaches that were very much involved, or in many cases, I feel like probably weren't even that involved, are the ones that take the fall for this. And obviously the players, too, not the same type of fall, but they get their names dragged through the mud. Arizona, perfect example, where DeAndre Ayton actually went. You see, he was involved in the Adidas scandal. He's involved in the Nike scandal. He's now actually signed with Puma, so he's getting all the money. <laughs> but he went to Arizona, and Sean Miller, the coach there, is sounding like he might resign because he's just been caught up in two scandals now. This Nike news, again, has kind of been known. It wasn't the specifics weren't broken before this, but it really ends up being the coaches who take the fall. And I haven't seen any inkling from the NCAA that they'd go after Adidas or Nike. Finally, you talk about this in your Axios Sports newsletter this morning. And one of the things you mentioned, so this is kind of required viewing, I guess, for those interested in this. You talk about this Netflix documentary, At All Costs, which was focused on AAU basketball. And I haven't seen it, but you say one of the teams, the AAU team, it focuses on is this very team that this coach coached exactly yeah so reportedly the, the client of Avenatti's was this um, AAU coach his name was Gary Franklin Sr. the team was California Supreme so yeah they're one of the bigger AAU programs in California and the documentary focuses like on two or three teams and they're one of the main ones they focus on the whole thing is really crazy and, and looking at it particularly in hindsight with all this like you see how this stuff goes down because all these teams have contracts with Nike with Adidas and it's all directly through these AAU coaches who aren't like these certified coaches really they're more like 
these guys who throughout the summer are kind of like hustling and sometimes they're not even the ones actually training the kids in practice. They're kind of like these managers of their own brands and they sign deals with Nike. The players have nothing to do with it. So it is this really shadow world that everybody kind of assumes exists but doesn't know the details about. So it's it's definitely an enlightening documentary. And it looks like Michael Avenatti got himself involved in a business that is somehow even sleazier than the porn business. Kendall Baker, editor of Axios Sports, thanks for joining us. My final two right after this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Apple, which yesterday unveiled its news media subscription product and its streaming video bundle. But the most interesting news might've been what Tim Cook sandwiched in between, an Apple credit card. Now we still don't know a lot of the details like the interest rates, but we do know that the optional physical product is very um, Apple looking, made of titanium instead of plastic and without any visible numbers or expiration dates. We also know that it's being underwritten by Goldman Sachs, which also like Apple has been moving further into consumer finance and that it will be available for free this summer. So some critics are already pouncing, arguing that people don't really need yet another credit card, particularly one that doesn't have an extravagant loyalty rewards program. But remember, Apple will push this to its existing user base, thus keeping them inside of its exclusive ecosystem, kind of like it did with Apple Music, which now has 50 million subscribers. Finally, McDonald's this morning announced that it will acquire an Israeli tech startup called Dynamic Yield, which creates personalized sales software for around $300 million. So think about a McDonald's drive through menu. It is generally pretty static, even the digital ones. But once the fast food giant incorporates Dynamic Yield's technology, those menus could automatically change based on things like time of day, weather, or recently trending items. Plus, the company believes the associated data could quickly filter down through its supply chain. Expect these automated changing menus to eventually become the new normal in fast food and quick serve, kind of like drive through windows themselves. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national spinach day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.